Welcome to another podcast from Fire Church Ministries. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Alex Barcines. Thanks, John Boy, Evangelist, John Boy, Bonky, Kalenda. He's up there, he's up there. <laughs> Do we still have census forms that need to be collected? Has anyone still got some? Just hands up if you need that collector. Cool, cool. Good stuff. Well, I'm pretty excited to share with you guys today the focus that we're going to have for our house this year and, and, and the vision as well. And that's around strengthening our nets. And we had an opportunity to share this with our staff and ministry team Saturday, 23rd of February, not too long ago. And we prayed about it. We unpacked it as a department, per department. We uh, built unity amongst each other as a group of leaders, and so we're going to really see it come to life this year. And a bit of context as to why we honestly feel this is a theme from God. As we prayed about it at the start of this year, God, what do you want to do in our house, amongst our family? And we, we talked about it with, with Pastor Dan and Charles as well, that we're in a season now that we're going to expect a transition in growth, in maturity, and so to be ready for that, we really need to strengthen our nets. Our nets in youth, young adults, men's, women's ministry, business, kids church, creative, ushering, car park, fire folk, I'm trying to remember everything, living free, everything that we do. All these different ministries represent nets. Because who knows that the 300 plus we average out here every Sunday it's just a drop in the bucket. There's about 500,000 people that live down the peninsula. And so God is not wanting us to settle and dig our roots down with, and be comfortable with the 300 that we have here. There's a city to be won. There's lost people who don't know Jesus, who are addicted, confused, suffering through depression and anxiety. And we have the answer. All we basically need to do is just cast the net and then bring them in, bring them in to him, to Jesus. But we're at a point where we need to mend our nets, to strengthen them again, to be ready. So as we get into the scriptures today, let's, let's just pray as well. Father God, just thank you for your goodness, Lord. Thank you for your mercies, your kindness. Thank you for everything that you do. On behalf of us, God, for calling us to your purposes and your glory. I pray, God, that you would just speak through me with boldness, with power, with authority. And we want to hear your heart through my lips. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So as I mentioned, we're at a point now where we need to be ready for the next big harvest. And we see in Scripture, there's a picture of this in Luke 5. Verse 4, it's the first glimpse of Jesus calling the disciples. Prior to these passages, he's speaking to a multitude, sharing the, the good news, sharing about God. And it says here, verse 4, when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, We've worked hard all night and, ha and have, haven't caught anything. But because you say so, 
I will down, let down the nets because you say so with your plans, with your strategies, with your timing, not my own thoughts, not my own thinking, but because you say so, I will let down my nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. So it takes teamwork. And they came and filled both boats so full they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John and sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. Or, or some other translations, you will be fishers of men. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. To what some people may consider Frankston, the peninsula, Australia, a hard nation. Who knows, as we've stepped out, as we've evangelized and witnessed, it's not so hard. But perhaps we've stepped out, we've given it a shot, we found it difficult. But on his command, at his timing... There is an unprecedented catch waiting for us. That it's not as hard as we think. But if we go by this illustration where the nets were breaking, the boats were sinking, who knows if they launched out again with the same tools, what would happen if the nets weren't mended? What would happen if we weren't up for the adventure, up for the catch? If our own nets, our own boats, so to speak, we're not strong. We're not mended. What do you think will happen to the people that we lead to Christ on the streets? When they come here, they respond to the altar call. When they come to youth and young adults, men's ministry, whatever that we do, if our nets aren't strong, our systems, our processes, and not just that, our, our leaders, our volunteers, what could happen? People end up leaving. They may not feel that connection. They might have frustrations. So we, do, we never want to get to that place. And we're growing. We're seeing more and more new people. And by the way, if you're here for the first time, thank you so much for coming out. In fact, turn to the person next to you and say, hello. <laughs> hello. You might have met someone you've never met before. And so what Jesus did in this picture about asking these 12 fishermen to let down their nets was intentional. He used an illustration to tell a story of what they were going to do, calling them for who they're going to become. Because there's a big difference between who you are now and who God has called you to be. Where you, you in your elements of comfortableness, where you know how things work, he will take you to an element of stretching and growing and building your character so that you won't just be fishermen, but you will be fishers of men, called for his glory, called for his purpose. And we see over the next three years that the disciples followed Jesus. They tagged along, they piggybacked along with the miracles and saw great and wondrous things. In the book of Acts, we see that Jesus actually... So before that, we see the, Jesus 
encouraging the disciples to wait for the Holy Spirit, and they did. And in Acts 2, it talks about the result. When the Holy Spirit came upon the disciples and the 120 in the upper room, and the power of the Holy Spirit came upon them, check out the results in verse 40. With many other words, he warned them, this is Peter, and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. Everyone say 3,000. Imagine if we had 3,000 added to this building. You'd have to park in Kananook or Baba's Pizza just to get here. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone, everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Can you see there's a pattern here? People were getting saved daily as they met, as they fellowshiped, as they gathered around to hear the good news. And the interesting thing is, when we look at this scripture, this passage of, of scripture, there was growth happening. There was a buzz about Jesus, a buzz about the, the Messiah has come. He's forgiven us of our sins. They witnessed daily. They brought people to the temple courts daily. And yet God entrusted them with more and more. I think about it this way. If Mia was to turn 18 and she, she came up to Jess and I and said, Hey, Dad. I feel like I want to study, study overseas, study abroad, um, just to get a bit of, you know, experience in life and whatnot. I would hope as a dad to my child, wherever she goes, the house that she decides to stay in is one that would nurture her, care for her, be there for her, as opposed to a house that perhaps neglects her. As a, as a young kid, perhaps growing up, getting used to life, a house that perhaps where they only feed her two-minute noodles, I would hate for the thought that she's not being cared for and developed. We're not that house. But it's an illustration of what God wants us to represent as we grow, not to lose the great things that we've done. In over the five years that we've been running, I remember coming to the very first night, to support. And in fact, if you've been here from the very beginning, can I get you to stand up? Beautiful. It's the very start. I remember that little primary school. Let's give him a hand. It was amazing to see just a small group of people worship Ben Fitzgerald on Skype. Projected onto a screen, could barely understand what he was saying. <laughs> to think that we had grown from that point, we, Jess and I were at different churches at that time, to what it is now. 
to the influence that we've had through Awakening Australia, to filling out this building over 300 a week. But God is saying, don't settle down. There's more to be lost. There's more lost to be found. That's biblical, right? If you lose your life for my sakes, you will find it. Lose your life. Go lower. Sacrifice. Because it takes sacrifice. It takes a willingness to say, God, use me. God, I'll step up. I'll show up. There's a cause to be won. There's your kingdom to come. So God, I want to represent that house where you want to entrust lost children to come to us. Where you know when you bring a lost child to this place, they'll be cared for, they'll be discipled, they'll be nurtured. We'll see them developed. Because who of you have had that opportunity and privilege to see someone that you've led to the Lord, get plugged into church life, Perhaps it was youth, perhaps it was young adults, something like a men's or women, women's ministry. See them grow up in the things of God. See them mature. And now see them run full ball in the calling that they have from God. Or perhaps, if you haven't had that chance yet, think about your own life. When you were once lost, depressed, addicted. And then someone invited you to church. Someone welcomed you at the front door. Someone plugged you in into a house fire group or a home group and you start to really grow in God and develop your walk with God and now you're mature and now you're running. And now it's your turn to show someone the way. Now your turn to disciple someone else. Now your turn to cast that net. I shared this at the uh, first service. John Boy created this uh, little messenger group amongst us, fire evangelist. And as a young believer, I went to this church and wasn't really plugged in. I wasn't part of any home groups. I wasn't part of any youth, young adults or anything like that. In fact, I met a home group leader at one Sunday and she said, you should come to my home group. Here's my business card. The last thing I wanted to do was actually follow up that leader. I thought, hang on, shouldn't it be the other way around? And so as a young believer, I got into uh, Amway. I'm very passionate about business. And John Boy and this messenger group created it. And Lee, a resident Geelong campus pastor and larrikin, said, are we selling Amway in this group? And I said, I've actually got a very funny story about that. And so I used to sell Amway. I was at this weekend conference where there was an optional worship service because many of the organizers of that business were Christians. And we had this guest speaker to come and preach to anyone who was willing to come and hear the gospel. Prior to that weekend, I had met this same pastor and I met him at the New Christians Prayer Lounge where I brought my friend to church, she got saved, and met this pastor. He calls me out during that Amway weekend. Says, "Alex, I know you. We catch up after." And he just pursued me in getting me plugged into a Urban Life group, which is our home groups back in my old church. And that home group was just fire. If it was lit, if I can say that. 
or the millennials just laugh. And we, we saw people getting saved. We saw, I was filling my car, I was bringing my friends. And it's like that with our house fire groups. We're seeing the power of God move powerfully. We're seeing more and more people come getting plugged in and growing in their walk with God. And that's how I grew. But it took this pastor, took this man of God to simply just connect and bring me along and do life with me. And so we see that there's this pattern with the New Testament believers in Acts where they were meeting together in home groups. It doesn't have to be home group. It can be youth. It can be young adults. Finding a community where you can grow and be discipled and, and mature in the things of God. And so the Amway business eventually ended. I said, I'm going to follow his way. Amway's good. Thank you very much. You've been good for a season. But his way trumps it all. So that wasn't a plug to get you into my network marketing thing. I don't do any of that. And if you do, bless you. But we see that God continued to grow the church. That he called these men to be fishers of men. Because how difficult is it to try and grasp something that you're called to become that you're not yet? So they had, they had to go through this process of watching Jesus. And so when their time came, the fruit was just so abundant. They did greater things that Jesus had promised that they would do. Peter's own shadow healed a crippled man. And we see that as they grew, things had to change. They had to change their systems, their structures, let others step up. In Acts 6, we see a picture of this. Acts 6, verse 1 to 7. In those days... When the number of disciples were increasing, the Hellenistic Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the Holy Spirit, and wisdom. Everyone say, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them for, and will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the Word. Watch what happens as a result. Verse 5. This proposal pleased the whole group. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit. Also Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Paminas, and Nicholas from Antioch, a convert to Judaism. They presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. This is, the, this is the main part. So the word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly, and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. They understood that as we're growing, we can no longer do what we were doing. We need to change things here. We need to mature in how we do things. We need to set up systems and structures that's going to look after those that we were looking after before, but also help others step up, help others rise up in their calling, in their purposes from God. And watch what happens as well. They don't miss out on the action. The disciples who waited on tables for the widows, who were giving out food, you think, 
if you were in Russia, why am I doing this? Why am I in car park? Why am I making coffee? Why am I running the leads? Opening the building, locking up, doing all these things. What's actually leading to God? But get this, these guys who are just waiters. And Stephen, this is straight after, verse 8. And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and signs among the people. Then there arose from what is called the synagogue of the freedmen, disputing with Stephen, and they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spoke. This guy who just decided to do the practical, there was a need. He said, yes, I'll step up. I'll do the work. Signs, wonders, and miracles flowed. When people tried to dispute him, wisdom flowed. God was using someone who's willing to say yes to the call. Yes, I'll serve. Yes, I'll step up. And so my question today is, will you step up? Will you say yes? Because I remember at our previous church, there, there is times where you, you probably would take it easy if you've had a baby and, and whatnot. And that's where we found ourselves in a, in a position in our previous church that we kind of were moving between churches. We just had a, me, our first kid, and we were kind of just settling in. And a few months rolled on and passed by. And word got around that people knew Jess for worship leading. And she had a talent and a gift in it. And so we caught up at the worship pastor's house. And on the way there, I'll go, any betcha, they're going to ask you to join the team. Any betcha. And we, we were actually fine with that. We were open to the discussions. And don't worry, we won't do it in that manner. Like Jess and I, we're a bit more subtle than that. But I'm joking. We will, we will ask if you guys want to step up, especially if we see the call of God in your life. And so they asked Jess, would you want to join the worship team? And thankfully she said yes, because from that point, I just saw her grow and rise up to be a powerful prophetic worship leader. She still is today my, my favorite worship leader. It's not bias. It's truth, right? I speak truth. But we see there's a call upon the disciples. We see them say yes. We see them wait for the Holy Spirit. But we also see something very interesting before the book of Acts. We see that after these disciples who had followed Jesus for three years, who were boldly proclaiming the good news, were healing the sick, when Jesus was betrayed by Judas, everything turned around. Everything was flipped on its head. All of a sudden, Peter was denying Jesus. All of a sudden, they didn't want any association with Jesus. So they ran away. When Jesus was captured by the Roman soldiers, they ran away. They ran from the post. But Jesus is so graceful, he's so merciful, he's so beautiful. And we see that here in John 21 verse 3. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. And in this way, he showed himself, Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, sons of Zebedee, and two others in, of his disciples were together. Simon said to them, I'm going fishing. 
Note that. I'm going fishing. I'm going back to what I can handle. I'm going back to what I know is safe. I'm going back to something that I can control. Because it's too much to keep going. It's too much to say yes again. But the problem in going back is sometimes it doesn't work out. Sometimes going backwards, going back means we're going backwards. And so they could have easily found themselves in a place of frustration. And sure enough, they did. Because what we see here is they said to him, we are going with you also. The rest of the disciples said, we're going to go back to our old lives. They went out and immediately got into the boat. And that night they caught nothing. It produced the result that they weren't expecting. Hang on, I've done this before. Let me get back to my comfortable life. I know how to get my life back in order. I'll be able to look after myself. I'll be able to feed myself and just do my own way again. Before Jesus came and just wrecked everything in my world, I'll go back to what I know. But when the morning had come, Jesus stood on the shore, yet the disciples did not know it was Jesus. Then Jesus said to them, children, have you any food? They answered him, no. And he said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they cast and now they were not able to draw it in because of the multitude of fish. A picture of what Jesus wanted to reinstate. That you are called to be fishers of men. Remember when I asked you when I first met you, cast out that net. Therefore, that disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. Now, when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put out his outer garment, for he had removed it, crazy Peter, and plunged it into the sea. But the other disciples came in the little boat, for they were not far from the land, but about 200 cubits, dragging the net with fish. Then as soon as they had come to land, they saw a fire of coals there and fish laid on it. And bread. And Jesus said to them, Bring some fish which you have just caught. The beautiful, caring, restorative nature of Jesus, preparing a meal for them to come back. Simon Peter went up and dragged the net to land full of large fish, 153. And although there were so many, the net was not broken. The net was not breaking this time. Jesus said to them, come and eat breakfast. Yet none of the disciples dared to ask, who are you, knowing that it was the Lord? Jesus then came and took the bread and gave it to them, and likewise the fish. Notice there's a difference here. Jesus now doing the same illustration, the same exercise, but this time the nets are not going to break. He's saying this time, if you would say yes again, Although, yes, there'll be challenges. Although, yes, it's going to be tough at times. Your net won't break. He's restoring you. I understand how difficult ministry can get. I understand how serving can get challenging at times. And, yes, we may have burnt out. Yes, we may have seen seasons of hopelessness and helplessness. I remember in my previous role as a coach, one of the things that I had to look out for was this sense of helplessness where people had checked out, even though they're physically there. They'd show up, but in many ways, they'd never step up. There was this 
look about their face, where they had given up, where they no longer believed in themselves, no longer they believed they could succeed. But Jesus, beautiful Jesus, he's a perfect image and illustration of saying, come back to me, come back to me. This time, your net's not going to break. This time, you're going to do greater things than what you've seen before. And he saw this. He saw this early on. In Luke 22, it says, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked me to sift all of you as wheat, but I have prayed for you, Simon, this is referring to Peter, that your faith may not fail, and when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. Because more than just strengthening our systems and our processes, that's all good and all. But without strong people behind them, there's no point. There's no one to run it, no one to implement it. See, God's not after better methods or better ways. He's after better men and better women of God who will say yes to the call, who will step up to the plate and say, yes, I recognize I've been hurt before, I've been burnt out before, but this time, God, in this house, I'm saying yes again. Because as I breathe, as I have breath in my lungs, there's still a call in my life. I'm not here to just take up hot air. I'm here to fulfill the call in my life, to say yes to you, God. I'm not giving up. I'm not giving up, Lord. Will you give me another chance? And Jesus is saying, yes, son. Yes, daughter. Come back to me. You're saved. You're forgiven. But there is so much more to life than your salvation. There's a lost world out there, and you are going to be the instrument to see the lost one to him. So we know the Bible says that the harvest is plenty, but the workers are few. And therefore, pray to the Lord of harvest that he will send out more harvesters. And so this main premise of this whole message today Yes, we're talking about strengthening our nets and our systems and our process, but honestly, if we really look down at what's most important, as Jesus had foretold to Peter, when you have turned back, by the way, the next scriptures after this is when Jesus said, you will actually deny me three times. So isn't it interesting that Jesus even knew how hard it was going to be for you guys? Those times when you've wanted to give up, those times when you have given up, he knew it was coming. But he also said, when you come back, he says this to Peter, when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers, strengthen your sisters, strengthen your youth, strengthen your young adults, your men, your women. So can we pray? As we draw to a close, if we can have the keys up on the stage as well. Thanks for listening to another message from Fire Church Ministries. For more messages like this and other resources and information, go to our website, firechurch.com.au.